right. Is that going to be incredible? Guys, get ready for that. It's going to be off the chart. Start Labor Day weekend, we will have an alignment with our small groups. We're launching 100 new adult groups, 120, getting ready for all the new people that will come back to the movies. Already shoot them, shooting them. It's going to be incredible. Well, if you're a guest, you picked an incredible weekend to come be a part of what God is doing. Uh, just one of the dearest people in the world to me, John Maxwell, and I'm sure you've heard of him. Uh, best-selling author, leadership guru, the number one leadership guy on the planet, literally, if you just do a, a Google leadership. But with all that, that's not why I love John. Because when I was a young pastor, clueless, not having a dad growing up, not knowing which way to go, he took me under his wing and he began to teach me leadership and mentor me. And so the world knows John Maxwell as this incredible author and communicator. But really when you get to know the heart of John Maxwell, it is about helping people meet God and experience their full potential. That's, that's what it's all about. I've traveled around the world with him, been with him. I get to serve on his board of directors for the equip ministry that he leads. And it's, been an, it's just been incredible. I would not be where I am today in leadership and ministry were it not been for the tutelage and the ministry that John has done to me and, and all the books and the time I get to spend with him. And so uh, let's give Dr. John C. Maxwell a great East Tennessee faith promise. Welcome. Come on. <laughs> sure love you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Good evening. So nice to be with you at Faith Promise again. I was here a couple of years ago. How many of you were here then when I was here the last time? Ah, brave souls, you decided to hear me one more time, huh? That's pretty good. I remember when I, I preached my first message when I was in college. And, um, well, let me tell you the story. I was in college and I was a... a a junior, and I had a good friend. Guys, I'm getting a little bit of feedback on the mic. I had a good friend that was a, a senior who was going to preach his first message, so I went with him. His name was Don, and I went with him to encourage him, and I should have never gone with him because it was his, it was his first message, and when it was the worst thing you've ever heard. I mean, it, it, in fact, it only lasted three minutes. Uh, and he got up, and he, he got nervous, and he forgot where he was, and He'd, he'd say a few words and he'd say, Lord, help me. And he'd say a few more words and he'd say, Lord, help me. And, and, you know, and I'm on the front row and I'm saying, you know, Lord, help him. You know, Lord, help him. <laughs> Everybody else is saying, Lord, help him. And, and then after about, you know, two minutes, you know, the, the Lord wasn't helping him. <laughs> it wasn't getting any better. And so I just said, Lord, help us. You know, help us. We're now having to listen to him, you know, strike us with deafness or something, you know. So it lasted three minutes, and, um, oh, so I, I'm an encourager. And on, on the way back to the campus, I tried to encourage him, but, I, I, I mean, there was nothing to encourage him about. It, it just was terrible. Well, I was going to, the next Sunday, preach my first message. 
I should have never gone and heard him do his because now I'm in a panic mode because I, all I can think of is I've got to last longer than three minutes and, and not say, Lord, help me in between. And, and so I, I, I worked on my outline and, and my whole goal, what my goal wasn't to help anybody, add value to anybody, change any lives, have anybody find God. That wasn't the goal. My goal was to last longer than three minutes and not say, Lord, help me. That was the two goals I had, and so I prepared my message. And to make sure that I go over three minutes, I will give you the outline of my message because I can still remember it very well. The outline was, uh, I, I, I talked about sin, and I talked about salvation, and then I talked about how the Holy Spirit works, and then I talked about prayer, and then I talked about Bible reading, and then I talked about sharing your faith, are you getting the picture? The world and all that is within it. And, and, and again, my goal was last longer, and so Margaret was my wife now. We've, in fact, we just this summer celebrated 50 years of, of, of 50 years. Yeah. So uh, it's her fault she wouldn't leave me, okay? So, you got, so but, but she went with me. We were engaged at the time to, to hear, hear me preach that message, and of course she knew my goal was to preach longer than three minutes. So I preached that outline, never said, Lord, help me. I knew it went longer than three minutes. I felt pretty good. We're going back home. And I finally just, you know, I said, well, how'd I do? You know, how'd I do? She said, well, her comments were, well, you went longer than three minutes. Now, when that's the comment, you know, it really wasn't very good. You do understand that. But she knew that was my, I said, well, how long did I preach? She said, 55 minutes. <laughs> my first message. And then they asked me to come back and preach that little church again the next year. And I went back and, and, and I apologized to all the people who heard me. I said, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I, in fact, I can't even imagine why you came back. You must have a you know, very short memory in that whole, that whole process. But I am so glad to be here with you. And Chris, thank you for letting me come back. First of all, I want to thank you. You are huge supporters to equip our organization that trains leaders around the world. Six million leaders around the world. 22 countries now invited by the president of the countries to come in and do transformation values and teaching. We are in the schools teaching values in the schools, in the curriculum, uh, not, not before school, not after school, right in there with math and, and, and language, teaching values, and we're very excited. And, and this year, this year we are going to be able to, we will be teaching 5 million students this year and, and we, we're on our path to 50 million students within five years. And it's all because, it's all because of you and, and your support and your help. So I just want you to know I'm very grateful and I'm very excited to be here with you today. And I have a wonderful message and it's not going to be 55 minutes. And well, I may have to ask the Lord to help me a couple of times. But, but I'm just so excited to be with you. And by the way, I'm, so, I'm always very humbled when I'm around Chris because he talks about the influence I've had on his life. And... And, and I am a father to, uh, I'm a father, of course, I'm a grandfather now to, to, many, to many leaders and many pastors, but none, none has ever given me a greater return for my investment in it than Chris. And, and I think you understand this. You are incredibly blessed at Faith Promise. With, uh, 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 incredibly, incredibly blessed. I, Chris is a beautiful friend. He's a terrific leader. And I'm here because I'm grateful to you and how you help support us and equip. And uh, okay, so so let me let me talk to you. 
this is a message I, 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 I'm really looking forward to teaching this tonight because um, we're, I'm going to talk to you about possessions. I, I'm going to talk to you about perspective. There are, there are four different perspectives people have about, the, about their possessions. And, and I just, I'm very excited about this. So are you ready to take notes? Are, are you ready to uh, uh, look, look at your neighbor and say you're, you're going to learn something tonight? Go ahead and tell them that. Tell them you're going to learn something tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. In fact, look back at them and say, why do you think I brought you here? Yeah, okay. Okay, we're, we're going to learn something tonight. We sure are, okay? Um, let me, let me talk to you about perspectives for a moment, and then we're going to talk about possessions. If, if you and I, just, just you and I, just you and I, if, if we could sit at this table, one chair over there, and, and, and you would look at me and you'd say, John, you can only talk to me about one thing. What, what do you think is the most important thing that you would like to talk to me about? Obviously, I'd want to share my faith, but I'm talking about beyond sharing faith. If I, if I could talk to you about one thing, I would talk to you about um, how you think, how I think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so is she. And the greatest gap between successful and unsuccessful people is how they think. This, this, you, when you talk about the great gap in, in society, and I'm not talking about IQ, I'm not talking about intelligence at all, I'm talking about successful people think differently than unsuccessful people. And the reason that they think differently than unsuccessful people is because their perspective is different. They see differently than unsuccessful people. And, and I'm going to share with you in a moment, I'm, I'm going to share with you um, four different perspectives about the stuff that you have in your life, the stuff that I have in my life, our possessions. And, and I'm going to promise you that 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 uh, the three of them that I give you tonight, uh, you're, you're, you're going to pretty well say, uh, yeah, I've, I've heard that, or I, I, I can see that. The, the, the high probability, the fourth one I give you tonight, is going to be a whole brand new thought for you. But it's, it's life-changing. It, it, it has the possibility of, of tonight pivoting you in such a way that you, will, you could, after tonight, never be the same again, Okay? It's, it's got, this has got a lot of potential to bring some incredible positive change within your life. But if you and I were sitting at this table, I, I would talk to you about perspective, how you see things. Because you see, we see things not as they are. We see things as we are. And in fact, let me just give you some perspective principles really, really quick. The first one, how we view things determines how we do things. See, your perspective and my perspective, the things that we see determines what we do. And, and two people can be in the same room and have two total different outcomes as far as what they think and what they see. So how we view things determines how we do things. The second perspective principle is that what, what you see is, is who you will be. That, that what I see today of, of, of anything, of myself, is going to determine greatly the kind of person that I, I'm going to become. In fact, when I was talking a moment ago about teaching the values to kids, 
We, we have a whole teaching on perspective and self-worth and, and how you see yourself and how it determines how you're going to end up in life. The third perspective that I just want to, I'm just touching these quickly because it's just perspective principles, really. That when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. When, when, I, when I began to change my perspective on how I see someone or see something, all of a sudden, that person, that, that thing that I'm endeavoring to, to uh, perceive be, begins to change before, before my eyes. Number four, and this one really runs together, these three, what I believe about life determines how I perceive life, which determines what I receive from life. It starts with what I believe that determines what I believe, what I think about, what I believe determines what I see, and what I see, again, determines what I will become. Okay, maybe, maybe the best way for me to do perspective to, and to show you pr different perspectives is, is to give this to you. I love this. This is the, this is, a, a, um, I'm going to read now from A Dog's Diary, okay? And, and so you, you dog lovers are going to love this, okay? Um, th this is really, this is taken from a dog's diary, and then I'm going to, or to get a different perspective, I'll read from a cat's diary, okay? I see the train a coming. You see, in a dog's diary, it looks something like this. 8 a.m., dog food, my favorite thing. 9.30 a.m., a car ride, my favorite thing. 9.40, a walk in the park. Oh, my favorite thing. 10.30, got rubbed and petted. <laughs> my favorite thing. Noon, lunch. My favorite thing. 1 p.m., played in the yard. My favorite thing. 3 p.m., wagging my tail. My favorite thing. 5 p.m., milk bones. <laughs> my favorite thing. 7 p.m., got to play ball. <laughs> my favorite thing. 8 p.m., wow, watch TV with the people. <laughs> My favorite thing. 11 p.m., sleepy on the bed. My favorite thing. Excerpts from a cat's diary. Day 983 of my captivity. My captors continue to taunt me with bizarre little dangling objects. The only thing that keeps me going is my dream of escape. Perspective. Just perspective. Cat and a dog. Total different perspective. So, let, 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 let's, let's get now into how we look and see and view uh, the possessions that we have. So, uh, we're going to the, um, the Good Samaritan story. You know this story very well. And, it, and the story really is told by Jesus, but it, it begins with a question of, 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 a, of, a, of a man who came up to him and asked him the question, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? So, here we go. It's on the screen. In reply, Jesus said, 
A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. And then Jesus asked the question, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers. And the expert in law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Okay. In this story are three of the four perspectives about possessions. And so let me give them to you. Very simple. This is very simple. The first perspective we're going to look at is the, the perspective of the robber, okay, who, who literally robbed and half beat up the man. His perspective is, what is yours is mine, and I'm going to take it. That's the perspective of the robber. He saw the man coming down the road. He decided he wanted his possessions, so he stopped him. He beat him up. He took his possession. Basically, he said, what is yours is mine, and I, I'm going to take it. That's the perspective of a robber. Now, the moment that I start here, we all feel really good because we look around and say, well, wow, thank God I passed one of the four. You know, because you know, I'm, I'm not beating anybody up. I, I don't think that what's yours is mine. This is so far from me. And it, 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 but I always like to start my lessons, my teaching, where everybody can pass. Are you, are you with me? You know, it's, it's kind of like, oh, wow, this is a good message. I, yes, I'm better than that. I, yeah, that. Wow, this is really good. And, and, but be, be, before we really wear ourselves out patting ourselves on the back, I would tell you that um, we're not too far from him. In fact, we are pretty much born a robber. Yeah, we are. You, you take a little, a little child, a little toddler. That, that, that little toddler pretty much has the disposition and the perspective of the robber. Oh, yeah. In, in fact, let me give you property law from a toddler's perspective. If I like it, it's mine. If I take it away from you, it's mine. If I had it a while ago, it's mine. If I say it's mine, it's mine. If it looks like mine, it's mine. If you're having fun with it, it's mine. If you lay down your toy, it's mine. If it's broken, it's yours. <laughs> you, you see... To be honest with you, we're, we're kind of born robbers. We're born in sin and we're born incredibly selfish. 
I love it when, when, when people say, well, you know, that, you know, uh, selfishness is, yeah, that's a lot of people have a selfish problem, but, but that's really not, you know, thank God that's never been my problem. I, I'm, not, I'm not selfish. You're not? Let me ask you a question. <sighs> You're with your friends and you take a group picture. When you look at that picture of your group, who's the first part person you look for in that picture? And if you look good, ha, great picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, said that. Dude. Yeah, said, I, I got to have that. Mm, said that one to me, yeah. And if you don't look good, oh, let's do it again. Do it again. Come on, another picture, another picture. Let's regroup. Let, let, let's, let's do another picture. You judge the whole group picture based on how you look. I love it. You know, the other day I, I had somebody tell me that they weren't selfish as they were taking a selfie. <laughs> I would just remind myself and you, we're really not that far from the rock. Really not. We're living in a culture today that is becoming incredibly entitled. I can see the culture that we live in very quickly moving to this perspective. It's yours, it's mine. I'm going to take it. But for most of us, we have, we're, we're better than that, okay? So let's get off the robber, okay? Now, because you're better than that. Now, the person person on your left maybe still is there. What, what do you think, huh? Don't, don't raise your hand. Don't, don't. We don't need any witness right now. But let's, let, let's go to the second perspective because I promise you if we escape the robber perspective, this one might catch some of us. And, and the second one is the perspective of the priest and the Levite, Okay. And their perspective is quite simple also, and that very simple. Here's what they believe, and this is what they see, and this is what they uh, behaved like when they saw the man who had been robbed. Their perspective was, what is mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. What's mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus told this story, he made sure in telling the story that we understood that the priest and the Levite saw the man. He, he wanted to make us sure because he didn't want us to hear the story and some of us said, well, you know, it could be possible that, you know, he was going down the road and the guy was on the right side and he was on the left side and, and, and you know what I mean, he was kind of looking off to the left and it's possible he could have gone by the man in there. No, no, Jesus wants to make sure that everybody understands that both of the priests and Levites saw the man. In fact, they not only saw the man, they were walking on the man's side. He, he wants us to make sure that it, it, they're, they're walking right down towards where the man's beaten up and when they saw the man, what does it say they do? They walked to the other side. So they not only saw the man, they avoided the man. They realized he was in trouble. But pretty much, they had a perspective about who they were and their possessions 
that was very selfish. Pretty much their, their whole thing was, look, now, no, look, look, I, I'm so sorry about the guy. It looks like he's got a problem and I, it's too bad. But, but what is mine is mine and I'm going to keep it. I have a, I have a friend who um, shared this story with me and I, it's so good and it applies here so well. Uh, he was telling me about taking his son to McDonald's. Uh, his, his son loved McDonald's fries and so his, his, you know, so dad said, well, here, let's go to McDonald's and let me, let me get you some fries. And, 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 and all of us, I, well, most of us have experienced McDonald's fries. And I, I would have to be one to tell you, I think that they're quite wonderful, personally. I, 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 I do. I, I expect those kind of fries to be in heaven, to be honest with you. Uh, I just, you know, I've, 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 I've had it. How many of you maybe have once or twice? Have McDonald's fries. You know what I'm talking about? Huh? You, you, okay, okay, okay. You, you, know what I, you know what I'm talking about. There's so the little guy says, boy, Dad, I, so Dad takes him over. And, and, and so he gets the McDonald's fries. And, and they sit down. And, and so they're, they're sitting down. The little guy's starting to eat his fries. And Dad's watching him. And, and he starts smelling those fries. And you know what happens when you smell those fries. You just, there's something within you that says partake. And so, you know, the dad, you know, he's talking to his boy. They're having a nice time. His kid's eating the fries. So dad reached over to get a couple of fries and, you know, to put in his own mouth. And when he got his hands on his fries, his, his boy saw it, and he grabs his dad's hands and pushes it away and said, Dad, 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 you can't have any of these fries. These fries are mine. These are my fries. You can't have any of these fries. Dad pulled his, you know, hand back, and, and he said, in a moment, he said, I began to have just all kind of inward responses and feelings as a father. He said, you know, John, he said, the first thing I thought, the first thing, he said, when he pushed my hand back, said, no, 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 these, these are my fries. He said, he said, the first thing I thought of as his father was, he doesn't understand where these fries came from. I'm the source. I went up to the counter. I ordered the fries. I reached in. I paid for the fries. He, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't understand the only reason he has fries is because of me. And he's telling me, no, Dad, these are my fries. He said, the second thing I thought was this. He doesn't understand. I could take those fries from him. That's what all you were feeling, weren't you? <laughs> the old dad response was, hey, buddy, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I said, I could, I said, I could, I could, I can write then say, hey, son, if you're going to have that kind of attitude, you're going to have that kind of selfish perspective, and that's all that you can see, I'm just going to take those fries. You need to be taught. I'm going to take those fries from him. Or he said, he doesn't understand. He said, he doesn't understand I can take those. If I want to, I can bury him in fries. He said, I can walk right back up the counter and say, I'd like to have a hundred packs of fries. And I can just take those trays back there and I can just say, son, stand still. And I can just, I can bury him in fries. Now, when he told me that part, I thought, what a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be a wonderful way to go? How did he die? Buried in fries. McDonald's fries. In fact, if you try to save me, I'd probably slap you. 
He said he, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand the source. He doesn't understand that I'm in control. I can take him away from him. I can bury him in those fright. And he said the third thing he doesn't understand is he doesn't understand I don't need his prayer. I don't need his prayer. I can go right back to the same counter. I know exactly how. I can reach in my pocket. I, I don't need those fries. All. I can reach in that pocket, and, and, and I can have my own fries. See, he said he doesn't understand. When I reached over to have a couple fries, I, it, it's not like I can't have my own. He said, what he, what, he said the th- thing that bothered me as a father was all I really wanted from my son is for him to recognize me as the source and share with me what I had given him. That's all I wanted. And when he told me the McDonald's fry story, I thought, I, I thought, I, I thought of this story here. Because you see, there are two words that just they're just not compatible at all. And one is selfishness and the other is significance. You know, selfishness is all about me and significance is all about others. And the priest and the Levite, they, what's mine is mine. That, that kind of perspective is a, is a, is a, is a, is a selfish. It's, there's nothing that's going to bring about significance in, with that kind of perspective. And what's sad is, is when people have that perspective, what's mine is mine, I'm going to keep it. What, what's sad is that they always lose. They always lose. What, you, you know, Jesus said, he said, he said, what you keep, you lose. What you lose, you keep. And, 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 and people that have a scarcity kind of like it's what's mine is mine. Boy, I'm gonna, wow, I've got I to keep this. But what they don't understand is they cheat themselves. You know, Proverbs eleven twenty four says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Every time I see Chris, my heart is warm because all I've ever wanted to do is add value to leader who will multiply value to others. And, and so every time I, I gave myself to Chris or taught him a principle or we traveled together or I, I put some more mentoring into him, you, you see, now what am I doing today? I, right now I'm looking at, at the return of my mentoring. It, I'm looking at the return of my time. I'm looking at the return of my, uh, of my sharing and my giving. And, 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 and I'm, looking, I'm, look, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at significance right now. I'm looking at significance. And... And a person with a scarcity mindset that's selfish, they're never going to get that. They're never going to, they're, they're going to miss the best that life has to give them because they truly believe that what's mine is mine and I'm going to keep it. So let's look at the third perspective, okay? This is the perspective of the Good Samaritan. And, um, and you know that the story was given to, the, to this Jewish attorney because they looked down on the Samaritans. So when he asked the question, who is my neighbor, Jesus decided to kind of stick it to him. You with me? He did that in the name of Jesus, but he stuck it to him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He, he makes the good guy the guy that the Jewish people don't like, the Samaritan. And he's called a good Samaritan. He has, he's a good Samaritan because his perspective was, and here it is, Number three, what is mine is yours, and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to give it. What, what, what is mine is yours, and I'm going to share it. I, I, I'm going to give it. Now, when you look at the, the, the priest 
and the Levite and the Samaritan. Uh, look at, um, they all saw the problem. They all had an opportunity to help. And they all, and by the way, they all had a reason not to help. They, they all had an opportunity to help, but they all had a reason not to help. I mean, all, they're, they're going down the road. On the road, that Jericho road where they're walking right there, it's between Jerusalem and Jericho, there's not much happening. It's kind of a desolate road. That's why the guy was robbed, because nobody was around. So nobody is going down that road to stop there. They're going that road to go, go somewhere. And so all of them could have said, I've got, you know, I've got people that are waiting on me. I've got meetings planned today. And so there's all kinds of reasons not to stop. But you see, the, persp the perspective of the priest and Levite was a selfish perspective. And they basically said, if I stop to help him, I I'm going to miss my appointment. What's going to happen to me? I'm, go I'm, I'm, I'm going to inconvenience myself. And by the way, people that are selfish never want to inconvenience themselves. It's, that's the core of selfishness. It's, I don't really want to inconvenience myself to help you. Now, now the Samaritan, he had a, he had a different perspective. He, he didn't have a selfish perspective. He had a significant perspective. And basically he said, boy, wow. If I don't stop, what will happen to him? What, what will happen to him if I don't stop? In fact, if you really want to play this, of course, we know what's going to happen to him. He's already half dead. He's going to die. If I don't stop, what's going to happen to him? He's going to die. But, but, but then, you know, I think the Samaritan also in this perspective that is, is significant, he's also saying, if I don't stop, what's going to happen to me? This is huge. And let me tell you something. If you don't stop, what happens to you in selfishness is that your heart becomes very hard. And it becomes very indifferent. And you become calloused. You get calluses on your soul. And all of a sudden, you really don't care. You really don't give a damn. It's, it's very easy to see people hurting and, and, and pretty much excuse your unwillingness to help them by some other kind of plight that you're saying they perhaps have. So, so if I don't stop, what will happen to him? Well, he'll probably die. If I don't stop, what will happen to me? Well, I'll probably get a calloused, indifferent heart. But, but, but if I do stop, if I do stop, what will happen to me? And if I do stop, what happens to me with this perspective is I will become a person of significance. I will add value to others, which is what life is all about. We are our brother's keeper. And the moment that we include others in our time, in our life, in our giftedness, in our possessions, the moment that we become inclusive with others, our, our life takes on a significance dimension that is life-changing. The most fulfilled people I know in life are people that are givers. They're generous. They share they have a desire to make a difference in others' lives. They live beyond themselves. Now, when we look at these three perspectives, to be honest with you, for years, I thought, this is as good as it gets. Wow, it doesn't get any better than this one. What, what, 
what's mine is yours and I'm going to share it, I'm going to give it. I, I've always considered that like, like the top perspective of the three. But to be honest with you, in the last, oh, I don't know, last 10, 12 years, I found biblically another perspective that's even higher. So before I give that to you, would you, would you like to go a little higher? Is, is that okay? I mean, I mean, would you like to say, hey, I think I want to step up to a whole new level. I know you want to do that. But how many of you desperately want the person you brought? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, my God, thank God. This is what they really need. You know what I mean? This is, wow, I want them to, I want them to go to this whole new level. Let me just say one more thing before I give this to you. This will change your life. This, this will change your life. Remember I said a little bit earlier that this could be very pivotal for some of you. There, there are some of you, you're listening to this teaching, and, and it's, it's going to change you. It's, it's going to beautifully change you. In fact, look, look, before I give you this last perspective, look at your neighbor and say, this could, this could make a positive change in your life. Go ahead and tell them. This could change you. This could, this could change you. Yeah, isn't that good? Huh? And, and why don't you look at him and say, and God knows you need change. To get this. <laughs> huh? <laughs> that second question is always more fun than that first one. Always is, okay? So here's, here's the last perspective, and, and, and this is life-changing, okay? And I hope I can do a good job. I hope I can do a good job teaching it. Here we go. What's mine is not mine. And I'm going to manage it. What's mine is not mine. And I'm going to manage it. Now, this perspective on possessions is I don't own any of my stuff. It's not mine. It's all God's. Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord and everything in it. I would say that would be us. The world and all who live in it. James 1, 17, every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. What is mine is not mine. And, and, and so therefore, since it's not mine, I don't have any control over it. I just manage it. I just steward. Now, hold just a moment I, before we go on. Chris talked about me being his mentor and kind of like a father to him, and it's true. And He wants me to take him out to eat tonight. <laughs> he just takes this father thing way. <laughs> and, and I just, I, you know, I, I check my thing, and I, I, need, I need somebody to get somebody you know, bring me a hundred dollars so I could, could you do me that for, huh? Would you, do you have a hundred? Thank you. Gosh, it is a hundred. Thank you very much. What's your name? What's your, what is it? Chad? Thank you. Why didn't I ask for two hundred? Are there any others out there? Are there any? Uh, do I see another hand? Are there any others? 
Now, now let's talk for a minute. Because here we are, here we are. You're sitting there and you're thinking, you know, John, just ask for a hundred bucks. Some guy gets up and hands me a hundred dollars and sits right back down. And you're thinking, what just happened? And, and you're, you're probably saying, well, why didn't I do that? Well, that's why I'm giving you another opportunity. <laughs> I'm patient. I'm patient. Now, now here, here's what here's, I, want you to, I want you to understand something, okay? Before the service, I gave Chad this $100. And I told him that there would be a time in the service I'd ask for it back. And so when I asked somebody to bring me $100, Chad had no problem getting up and bringing me the $100 because he knew it wasn't his. Every challenge you have with your money in regards to tithing, supporting the kingdom of God, every challenge you have with your money is because you've got the wrong perspective about it. You think it's yours. And it's not. And when you die, you'll find that out. <laughs> See, Chad had no problem bringing the $100 because it wasn't his. It was mine. And when we realize that God owns everything in our life, all of a sudden, we don't have a problem at all. Giving and sharing and, 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 and being a good Samaritan and helping and serving. I mean, after all, every gift I have is his. It's not my gift. The time I've got, it's all his time. It's not my time. If I think it's my time, then I'll control how long I live. Everything's the Lord's. And until... We have this, here, you cannot, to lack this perspective keeps you from living the significant lifestyle that brings fulfillment to you. And the moment that you understand that God will give to you what he knows will flow through you. That you and I are to be a river, not a reservoir. The moment that we begin to understand this, everything begins to incredibly, unbelievably change in our life. Let me illustrate. Suppose you have a very important package that you want to send to somebody that needs it. So what do you do? You take it down to the overnight delivery service provider. And, and you hand this package over to them. And you, you sign, do all the stuff there, okay. And so, so now you've got this package and you gave it to the delivery people to deliver the package to somebody that needs it only to the next day. You call your friend and they say, well, I didn't get a package. You say, what do you mean you didn't get a package? I took it last night to the, for an overnight delivery. I took it last night to the delivery people. Well, I, I didn't get the package. So you run down and you go to the delivery place and say, you know, my friend didn't get the package I gave you last night. And, and, and the person behind the counter says, well, I, I thought you wanted me to keep it. I mean, after all, why would you bring it here in the first place if it wasn't for me? 
And you look at it and say, no, 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 you, you, don't, you don't understand. The package doesn't belong to you. Your job is to take it to the person that it belongs to. Hang with me. All I am, all I am is God's delivery boy. That's all you are. He gives us these gifts, and he gives us these opportunities, and he, he gives us these ministries, and he gives us this church, and he gives us all this stuff. He gives us our possessions. He gives us all of our stuff to be a delivery boy, to be a delivery girl for him. He doesn't give us these gifts for us to keep them. He gives us these gifts to share them. He doesn't give us these opportunities for ourselves. He gives us these opportunities for ourselves and others. It's a much bigger picture because it's a much higher perspective. The higher your perspective, the bigger your picture on possessions. So I'm just a delivery boy. Every day of my life, I wake up and I realize that God has given me another gift, time. And during this time of day, he's going to give me opportunities to add value, to make a difference, to share, to give, to be a good Samaritan, to make a difference, to add value, to live a life of significance. Every day he gives that to me. Every day he gives that to you. Every one of you this morning, he gave you the gift of time. And he says, okay, what are you going to do with it? Your perspective determines your behavior. If you're like the robber, you'll spend the day taking from others. If you're like the priest and the Levite, you won't rob anybody, but you'll hold tight to what you have because you've got a scarcity perspective. If you're like the good Samaritan, you'll see people and you'll add value to them. But if you are a biblical thinking Christian, You'll understand, nothing I have in my life is mine. Nothing. It comes to me to go through me to others. Let me ask you a question. Did you learn something tonight? Huh? Did you learn something tonight? going to turn it back over to Chris. Love you, buddy. You too. Love you, bunch. Love you, bunch. All right. And, you know, that's the kind of people we want to be. But to be that kind of people, we need to have God's perspective. And the only way to have God's perspective is to have a heart transformation. Is to have a heart transplant. Is to have Jesus take over our selfish, self-centered lives. Come on. And turn them into a perspective that it's all God's and we can live a life so large and so much bigger and broader than we ever dreamed possible. And it's because Jesus gave it all. 
Maybe you've had the wrong picture of God. Maybe you thought God was about being religious. And maybe this weekend you're ready to give God the reins of your life because what we, when we give God our life, He gives it back and He enlarges it and does an incredible work. So if you're ready to make that decision, make that faith leap at all of our campuses with every head bowed and every eye closed, and we'll just lead us in a simple prayer. We're just gonna we're gonna pray this prayer out loud. We're gonna pray it with you, dear Jesus. I know I've sinned, and I'm so sorry. I know you paid for it. You've given me an opportunity to know the Father. I choose that. I choose Jesus. Give me a new heart. Give me a new perspective. Give me a larger life in Jesus' name. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around, nobody's going to come drag you down an aisle, but if you prayed that simple prayer with me, would you just slip your hand up, say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer with you. Just slip it up, gotcha, slip it up, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, amen, okay, gotcha. All right, look up. Our ushers were putting just a little card in the hands of those people that said yes to Jesus to help you with your next step. Hey, we're not a perfect church. I'm not a perfect pastor. And, and, and we all, we all stumble and make mistakes, but we need each other to have God's perspective. See, this weekend, your, your life is already enlarged because you came and spent this hour. That's just a weekly deal that we do, that we encourage each other. We're real, we're, we're real people with real problems experiencing the real love of Jesus. That's what we're all about. 